Welcome back to Paradigm Run. I'm your host, Mark Barrios. This is the final episode of Vern's Journey. There will be one more episode after this to talk about the backdrop and behind the scenes of the origin of this story. But thank you all for listening. This has been a wild endeavor talking about Vern's journey, and I really appreciate you joining me on it. So let's go ahead and hear the final episode. Here's episode 18, Epiphany's Freedom. I hope you enjoy. The following day, Vern found himself pondering the meaning of that mysterious portion of the dream, wherein the contents of the envelope stated, Mortgage paid in full. Although easy for one to externalize such a simple appearance within a dream, Vern knew this was symbolic for his inner world, his inner house. Vern, having traversed his recent encounter, suddenly felt this completed the totality of his inner journey. Although the path of individuation is ever-evolving throughout the course of one's life, Vern's initial journey of exploration into his inner world and the subsequent integration of the contents of his personal unconscious was now complete. He had come to know his inner companion, his counterpart, his very own soul, the anima. He became conscious of his own femininity in her light and dark form, in the creative, free-spirited, gentle, sexual, wild, primitive, spontaneous, and loving man that he is. And now, he had become conscious of the totality of his masculinity through confrontation with and integration of the shadow. He now saw and remembered the fierce, courageous, aggressive, perseverant, bold, and the dark and lowly beast that he also is, one who can take on life to the fullest. Vern's debt, the debt we each owed to become conscious on the great path, had been paid in full, and his psychological house was free and clear. Order had been restored, balance was known, and hidden aspects of himself were integrated. He had done the inner work. He had made right the inner world. But now, Vern would have to make the outer like the inner. Vern's path had finally reached the point wherein he was fully capable of giving his authenticity total expression in the physical world. Vern began to ponder on his external life professionally at first, and then personally. Vern knew each person discovers their vocation, their calling in life while on the path. And Vern knew his calling, so confirmed by the dream of the Bodhisattva, was connected to the work of the psychological and the spiritual, in all that may entail. 
As Vern sat there in playful curiosity, suddenly, the ending to the speech he gave on his last day in the military sprang forth in his mind, wherein he said, But I completed what I desired to do professionally, somehow, in only eight years. Vern immediately saw the psychological understanding of this statement and what it truly meant as connected with his present-day awareness. He had completed a stage of life while in the military, without even realizing it at the time. Vern had fulfilled his collective role, but Vern now saw the full implications of this. He was no longer to serve a collective role within society. Rather, it was now time to fulfill his inner calling, his vocation, his passion, his individual destiny. And Vern sought to make his calling his profession. We each have a fire burning inside, a passion which fuels us. It may lay hidden, but it lives within each of us just waiting to be discovered. And once one gives their all to a societal position or a collective role, it is then an awareness to something greater for each of our personal lives is bound to soon come. As Vern sat there in reflection of what this could truly entail, a dream about six months prior came pouring into his consciousness. Vern recalled the dream. I was standing next to a large wooden table. There was a hat sitting there I had not seen before. An old man with gray hair then walks up to me and asks, Why haven't you put your spiritual hat on yet? I picked up the hat and began to look at it from all directions. Here the old wise man archetype appeared within Vern's psyche and was attempting to guide Vern to something new. Vern knew from experience to date, hats within dreams are largely symbolic of professions. Nurses, train conductors, police officers, firefighters, farmers, cowboys, and all the more all wear signature hats according to their profession. But at the time in which the dream previously came, Vern awoke and thought within, I don't have anything to offer people. That can't be true. Vern doubted his own abilities that he had anything to offer in terms of inner, spiritual work. But now, Vern's consciousness began to shift. Maybe I can work with others in the context of deep, spiritual, and psychological matters, he thought. Vern was beginning to no longer doubt his own capability. As Vern drifted to sleep this evening, a dream came forth. I showed up to an event in my boat. There was a man standing there and a crowd was around him. I got out of my boat and I walked to the man. When I approached him, I knew he was going to have me stand up in front of the crowd and expose my tattoos. As Vern awoke for the day, he walked outside with his usual coffee, notebook, and cigarette in hand. He began to contemplate and asked himself, what do my tattoos mean to me? To Vern, his tattoos were pieces of art as reflected at different periods of his life. They tell a chronological story if one reads them according to the time in which he received them. And then something new dawned to Vern. Holy shit, 
Am I supposed to stand up and tell my story? Vern began to feel through this and what it could potentially mean to stand up and tell a story, as well as various ways in which he could do that. Aside from writing, it was in this moment Vern decided he would start a small wellness practice, encompassing life coaching, depth work, inner guidance, and maybe even dream interpretation, he thought. In addition, he pondered on creating YouTube videos, and maybe even a podcast. But Vern encountered a problem in devoting this much of his life to the path and to his writing. He had neglected an aspect of his life and had spent all his savings from his former overseas work. He checked his bank account, and there he saw $107.14. Vern couldn't believe he allowed this to occur. He immediately thought of calling his old company. He wondered if he could be placed on another overseas contract. But Vern knew deep down in his being, this was no longer a life for him. Vern had opened a line of credit on his house from several years prior. He checked it. There wasn't much, but it would be enough to get his business started. Vern pulled out the last remaining funds and prayed something would soon reveal itself. With a bit of money in hand, he committed to his recent intentions and purchased a business license and a website domain. He went to work for weeks straight creating the website. He was exhausted, and as his head hit the pillow one late night, a subtle dream came forth. I saw a woman. She was working on a computer. She was moving things around on different pages. I then watched as someone looked over her shoulder and said, Oh, it's looking good. Vern awoke and smiled at the thought of the anima, working her creativity through Vern's own action and efforts. This was a complimentary dream from the unconscious, indicating Vern's inner world was in agreement with his effort and actions in developing a website, and that simply, the content was looking good. But this dream also possesses dual meaning. While Vern worked continually, on the website he was doubting himself, believing the material wasn't good enough. The residual effects of a perfectionism complex were still residing within him. But Vern took notice to this, and he said, I'm going to make mistakes. I can't be perfect. It's time we let that shit fully go. As Vern completed the website and went live with it, he then checked his bank account again. It wasn't good. He said sadly to himself, I don't know what else to do other than this, but I have to sell my boat. He walked into his backyard and stared deeply at it. Vern began to walk around his boat, letting his fingers glide along top of the gunnels. Vern spoke to his boat and said, I'm sorry, but I have to let you go. I truly don't want to. We have had amazing times together, but I really need the money right now. I'll do my best to find you a good owner. Vern stood there staring at it, breaking his own heart to make his passion the work he believed in so much, a reality within his life. Vern took his boat out this evening and twisted the throttle, gliding across the water as fast as he could go. He hugged the shoreline, staring deeply at the cattails 
large cypress trees, and herons and ducks, which lifted in flight. He ran his boat in circles, and then he cut across the center of the wakes he just made, ramping each wave. A look of bliss and the laughter of a child seemed to billow out of him while he felt the wind course across his face. Vern looked over his shoulder and saw the sun preparing for its nightly departure. He turned, slowed the throttle to idle, shifted to neutral, and cut the engine. He sat down as he and his boat faced the now setting sun. He stared deeply at it, and then to his boat as he whispered, Thank you for the moments and memories. Vern took several pictures of the boat the following morning and placed it up for sale. Vern's boat wasn't anything fancy, just a John boat with a tiller motor, polling platform, and a push pole, but it would cover expenses for a few more months. Two days later, a man came by with cash in hand and purchased Vern's boat. He helped the man hook it up, and then Vern said quietly to his boat, He seems like a good man who you'll have a ton of fun with. I'm going to miss you. Vern watched as the man left his driveway with the boat in tow. And there, Vern leaned against his front yard fence as the tears made themselves known. This was the first time Vern had been without a boat in his life since he was 15 years old. He felt the pain of the sacrifices one makes to bring their passion to a reality. Although Vern's boat was, single-handedly, the one thing he owned which brought him the most happiness in life, Vern knew this was a temporary matter. Although he was in a low point of his life financially, Vern knew if he kept pursuing, just kept pushing, the lows would one day return to heights, and a time would come again where he could make a new purchase. Two days later, and the man who bought Vern's boat sent him a picture of the boat fully loaded with crab traps. Standing in the back of the boat, there was the man twisting the throttle with a beaming smile upon his face. Vern felt joy deep in his heart. With more funds in hand, Vern continued revising his website and writing. And then one late afternoon, an email came in. It was a potential client. Vern contacted the man and the two scheduled a one-hour meeting over Zoom. When they met, the man revealed some of his recent hardships to Vern. And then, he revealed a dream. Vern's eyes lit up, not exactly sure what the client had initially wanted to converse about. Vern spoke of the anima, a clear display within the man's dream, and how this dream correlated to his client's daily life, relevant to the hardship he had endured. Forty minutes later, the one-hour session expired to which the man stated, You know, I've been in traditional therapy, but it's never done a thing for me. But I have a good feeling about this. I'd like to schedule another. Vern's heart glowed. As the meeting concluded and the two signed off, tears of happiness welled up in Vern's eyes. He spoke quietly within to his inner world and said, Thank you. It was happening for Vern. The work, the commitment, the sacrifices were paying off. He received his first dollar from nothing but his own efforts. Vern knew this work was an element of the psychological and the spiritual, part of what he was always 
meant to do. As Vern continued working, six to seven days a week for hours on end, he found himself quite exhausted. Revising the website while still continuing his other work of consistent writing had once again made him feel cooped up in his house. He now felt as if he were in a cage. Later in the evening, Vern began to ponder on his professional life, and he thought within. This can't be all there is. I mean, I love this work. I will never stop doing it. But this can't be the entirety of my life forever. Finally, Vern began to contemplate his personal life and what it was he truly desired outside of work. Vern thought of the moments he was happiest in life, always deep in nature somewhere. Vern reflected on the extensive amount of camping trips he had been on, including the 15 days he spent in the Grand Canyon. Always at the end of these trips, Vern would hear others around him state such things as, Get me out of here. Or all I want is a hot shower. Or, Get me off this fucking boat. <laughs> as they would approach the last bend in the river on the last day of their trips. But Vern never wanted a trip to end. He pondered this deeply. Nope, not once was there a time he wanted any of his outdoor adventures to ever end. He always wanted them to keep going. Vern even found himself reflecting on his military days, and when the question would present itself from their unit, there's a deployment coming up. Who wants to go? Vern's hand would shoot straight up into the air as fast as it could go. Vern would look around, only to discover no other hands were up. Vern never understood that so many people joined the military, hoping to not deploy. Vern craved adventure. And as his active contemplation began to slow to an end, Vern now knew he wanted to move slower, to make coffee outside, to cook among sunsets and stars with no rush to be done. In this fast-paced world of doing, Vern wanted to be still and present to life. And Vern knew himself well enough to know, seeing new sights regularly, kept his heart happy and his soul refreshed. Vern allowed his mind to still, and he asked his heart and soul, his own self, what he truly wanted. Suddenly, Vern fell into a trance-like state as he saw himself riding in a camp chair while a gorgeous mountain view was in the backdrop. Vern's imagination took him traveling down back roads and then to remote camping locations among deserts and mountains, rivers and beaches. He saw himself living a simple life with only the camping essentials, fishing tackle, a canoe, laptop, and satellite internet. But suddenly, Vern snapped too. He shook his head and thought, That can't be real. I have this house and hardly any funds. Vern let it go, but as his head hit the pillow later this night, a dream was awaiting him. Vern dreamt. I was talking with a man outside. I said to him, all I have is my laptop in my mind. But then I corrected myself and said, well, no, heart. All I have is my laptop in my heart. I then heard people cheering everywhere around me. Vern came to from that wild wonderland of dreams and smiled big. In the middle of the night, Vern felt the dream and groggily thought within 
Yes, that is all I need in life, my laptop and my heart. Perhaps I can do this work anywhere. Vern then drifted back to sleep. As Vern awoke for the day and began to transcribe the dream to his computer, he took notice. The dream was a gentle reminder to not always move with the mind, especially in such situations. Rather, to move with the heart. Vern thought of his last thought the night prior. That can't be real. I have this house and hardly any funds. Vern knew those words were the working of the mind, not the heart. Vern then asked the question to himself. What if I really did sell my house and take to the road writing, meeting with people over Zoom or Skype, and live in a life of freedom I have always craved? This new possibility entered his field of consciousness as he pondered on the potential reality of it. Vern asked himself deeply one last time, Is this actually a possibility? Vern responded to his own question. This could be a reality. Vern jumped into bed excited, and shortly thereafter, another dream from the deep came forth. I was talking with a man. I said to him, Do what you want. There's no universal rules on how to live your life. Here was psychological truth springing forth from Vern's own self in the middle of the night. There truly is no universal rules for how one should live. Any prescription given by someone on how to live one's own life is nothing but a product of another's conditioning or society's pressure to conformity. Vern was beginning to accept this deep in his being. His life is his to live as he pleases. Vern knew he should do nothing else in life but follow his heart and soul. Vern knew they would never lead him astray. Vern allowed the idea of selling his house to sit for several days as he concluded the work with his website and his continued writing. But wouldn't you know it, Vern had ignited a spark and something inside of him was not going to allow this to slip away. Later this night, Vern dreamt. I was somehow watching my current situation unfold. I was moving things around as well as organizing things. I then said to someone, I'm not to remain isolated and fixed, but to explore, to journey, to live. Vern awoke for the day and the question he held was settled. He would sell his house and go live his life on the road, exploring, journeying, and living. Vern had been daydreaming about this for years, even while he was in the military and while sitting overseas in Afghanistan as a contractor. Suddenly, as if out of thin air in the midst of his pondering on last night's dream, the meaning of Vern's childhood dream of the wolves sparked into his awareness. As Vern thought of the pack of wolves jumping high and ripping down the power lines, there Vern saw the beauty of the symbolic value. Vern knew this new life of taking to the road was part of his destiny. The dream of the wolves was not simply saying to cut ties with society, as Vern initially speculated. In fact, Vern had no desire to cut ties with society and live totally off-grid as a hermit. But the dream was symbolically indicating to sever, to rip down, to destroy the undue influence in which society had upon him. 
Vern suddenly realized he only owned his house as he had desired to help his mother and Lucia. Something ingrained in us to always put others first, especially family members, but even at the expense of our own self. Despite how much he loved both of them, enjoyed the property, and was thankful for the shelter in which the house provided him, Vern truly did not want the house. For Vern, owning a house kept him pinned down to a single geographical location and from pursuing the things he desired most in life. But Vern now knew he no longer wanted his daily life to consist of riding in the same room, eating at the same restaurants, and even shopping at the same places. He did not want his life to be known or expected. He allowed himself to fall into the trap that one must obtain a good job. One should purchase a nice house. One should get a nice spouse. And then one should have a child. There are no universal rules on how to live life. Vern slipped into daydream during this and thought of the various times he spent sleeping in his boat under the stars. He would wake up, make coffee, catch a fish or two, and then he would jump in the water, bathe, and throw on a pair of clean clothes he stored in a dry bag. And it wasn't uncommon he would then drive to a friend's house or meet someone for a drink. Vern thought once again, I don't even need a house. Nature provides everything we need. We just have to take care of it. Deep down, Vern desired to see new rivers, experience new sounds, and taste new foods. He wanted to smell new waterways and touch new places. Vern fully received the dream as he felt it deeply in his heart and soul that it was not in his true nature to remain isolated and fixed, but to explore, to journey, to live. Vern knew he was to roam as free as the wolves. He would no longer allow this craving, this desire in his life, to be only a daydream. Vern would bring this life to a reality, with all the joys and hardships he knew it would entail. Vern always wanted to be challenged, to be tested. Vern desired the unknown. Nonetheless, Vern was human, and he thought of Lucia. He didn't want her to have to leave the place she always knew, but he knew she couldn't afford to live in it on her own. Vern began to question if he could truly sell the house, as she still lived out back in the tiny home. Life itself looks after us, though, if we are able to keep our hearts open to the synchronicities, intuitions, and dreams. A new door suddenly appeared for Vern, wherein light was emanating from all around it. Vern then dreamt this night. I received a text from my aunt, my mom's sister, Caitlin, which said, I'm here, with a smiley face next to it. Vern awoke in the middle of the night and said quietly, What the fuck is that? Vern was never great at interpreting his dreams in the middle of the night. It wasn't until he showered, made coffee, and sat down to transcribe his dreams that the dreams would begin to take their true form and speak their true voice. He learned after several evidently wrongful interpretations to cease attempting to understand them in the middle of the night. Rather, to just be patient and work with them each morning after they come. 
As Vern awoke this day and completed his morning ritual, he sat with a dream. And Vern recalled how he and Caitlin talked about exchanging properties a couple years ago. Caitlin owned the family pasture behind Vern's house, but she never built on it. In fact, this was why Vern buried Poppy in the pasture at that time. He thought that deal was going to be made, but it was never brought to fruition. So Vern just let it go altogether. But now with the dream and the time in which it came, Vern thought there may just be something to that. Vern sent a text message to Caitlin. I'm thinking of selling the house. Would you be interested again? Caitlin responded. Yes, they just increased my rent. I'm tired of paying these outrageous prices, but I don't know if I want to pay the high price of a home right now either. Vern replied, How about I sell you the house for a heavily reduced price in exchange for your land? Caitlin agreed. Vern smiled deep as he thought of Lucia. Caitlin could purchase the house, live where she once grew up, and look after her mother Lucia in the backyard. Lucia could stay at the place she loves with her plants and her birds. And Vern could take to the road. Vern walked around his yard later this evening, talking to the trees and the bird. He thanked them for their shade and their song, but then whispered, You and I both know it is time for me to go, but I'll miss you. Vern then walked out to the pasture, and there he looked at the graves of Poppy, Cowboy, and Roxy. Vern stated, I miss you guys. It looks like I'm leaving for a bit, but I'll be back. Maybe if all this works out, I'll come back and build a little base camp right out here next to you guys. I love you all. I love you, Pop. Faster than Vern realized, or could even begin to pack the majority of his belongings, he and Caitlin were under contract with the closing date approaching soon. Vern would make a bit of money to afford his new life roaming freely. Late one evening, Vern walked into his backyard and reflected on the dreams and the synchronicities and how they are ever upon us. We simply must open our minds and be receptive to what once seemed so irrational. A new realization came to Vern in this moment, though. Vern understood, once one does the inner work, the dreams begin to gently shift from a guide of the depths to a guide of the physical, to aid one to their professional and personal destiny in life. Vern's reflection ended wherein he sat back, listened to the crickets and watched the leaves sway with the wind among a now subtle moonlight. He looked up to the stars and constellations and whispered, Thank you. Vern crawled into bed only a few short hours later and drifted to that other dimension, where in a dream he would never forget came gently forth. I walked outside my house and watched as everyone in the neighborhood gathered at a central park. I walked to it as well, and there I saw a beautiful woman. I stood next to her, and as we each looked upwards into the night sky, a great wind began to move in. The stars from all across 
came together in one portion of the sky. They circled and spiraled around in one spot. As I looked at the people nearby, everyone put their arms around one another, and they swayed and they sang. I looked to my soul and asked, What is this? She so softly replied, All the stars revolve around a central point. We looked back to the sky, and there we each saw all the stars circling around one great and bright star. Verna woke and came to from that other dimension we each enter every night. The gentle tears of gratitude made themselves known. Verna innately, instinctively, and intuitively knew the meaning of the dream upon waking. He felt it. He received it. And Vern once again whispered the quiet word, Thank you. In the early hours of morning, Vern walked outside with coffee and notebook in hand. He journaled as the tears of thankfulness streamed down. I see now every star is an aspect of our personality. When all the multitudes, the qualities, the characteristics, the substrates of our being unite together, there we discover the self, the central star, the central point, the inner guiding principle, the deity within each of us. This was the most beautiful image I have seen to date, both of the inner and outer world. I have found no greater love, no greater joy than being in harmony with the wholeness that is the self. Here I now stand, a 35-year-old man, untethered, shackles broken in half, completely free. As life never ceases, I see I begin the new right now. A new wine, a new life is upon me, and the divine child within. This journey was another beginning, now another ending. It was a revitalization of myself. But after this all, I am finally able to see. This was my reconciliation, to unite light and dark, shadow and soul, masculine and feminine, conscious and unconscious. This path was my own way, my truth, and my life. And this is participation with the divine. This was my religion, my religature. This was my healing. This is my reunion to the self. The path of individuation is ever calling to each of us through intuition, synchronicities, and the dreams from the deep. It is the voyage to self-realization, the art of coming to know oneself, the journey to wholeness. Uniting the conscious and the unconscious is the heart of this path. It is realizing our capabilities, but also our limits. It is becoming conscious of our unconscious habits. It is battling the beast and the demons. It is recognizing we are more than what we believe we are. It is seeing the various aspects of our personality, our light, our dark, our femininity, 
and our masculinity. It is then integrating all these capabilities, traits, and aspects of personality into one and allowing it freedom of expression in life. And as Vern found, there is nothing greater we can offer the world than the authenticity of the self. The self is the figure of wholeness within each of us, an androgynous entity, masculine and feminine, born of both light and dark worlds, a figure of everything that we are, yet which guides us to everything we can be. This concludes Vern's journey, but we will be back next week to talk about the backdrop of this podcast and perhaps the evolution of it moving forward. I really can't thank you enough for listening. I know I've said that before, but it means so very much. So thank you. This has been Paradigm Run. And I've been your host, Mark Barrios. As always, more to come.